All right, guys, as promised, we are bringing you Dean Ferris here on the uh, Pit Talk podcast. We're bringing Pit Talk back. Uh, we used to do this where it was a rapid reaction to industry news. And uh, I saw the press release this morning, and uh, it's been it's been out there in the industry, Dean, but it's been made official. And uh, it's pretty big news, mate. You are back with CDO Yamaha Monster Energy for 2024. Yeah, mate. Um, Craig and I got negotiating after Tulum, and... Um it's all pretty smooth and, and pretty swift and we, we locked something away. We were, we were both um, stoked to get the deal done and um, just pick up where we left five years ago. Yeah, talk about that. Uh, 2018, obviously, you went on that you know pretty historic run of, of 16, 17, 18, winning the championships, pretty much dominating in Australian motocross. And I think had you not been injured in, in whatever year it was, I forget with Supercross, was that 18 that you were going to do Supercross and you got hurt? Yeah, yeah, I, I did Supercross 16, 17, and then I got hurt in 18 Supercross. That's right. Um, but it was a very dominant run with, with, with the you know MX Nationals, now Prime X. Um, but five years is a long time, and I guess the, the run of retiring, we've all talked about this, I guess we don't need to go through that again, but I remember shaking your hand at Coolum this time last year, and, and you were done, and now you're winning championships and signing for CDR again, like... That is a crazy run. Yeah, it is crazy, crazy. Um, and also, yeah, a long time since there's a five years between championships and um, I don't know if anyone's ever bridged that gap again. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm just proving that age is a number because <laughs> I'm, I'm 33 now, but I, on, I honestly feel like I'm 23. And yeah, um, after a time last time, I come back with a, a big fire in the belly. It worked out good. I, I won the championship. Um you know, I pulled together a bit of a privateer program, uh, kind of semi semi privateer. I had a lot of help, uh, a good bike, and and yeah, then you know, uh, so thankful for everyone helping me. But um, you know, it's probably not sustainable year on year what I was I was doing. And um, you know, Craig was keen to get me back. I was keen to go back there. Uh, so it all worked out well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd imagine it would be quite a seamless transition. You're already riding the bike. You're familiar with the team. I mean, I was just thinking about this before we called. You're going to be back in the the truck, the semi. Um, most of the personnel is still the same. <laughs> like it's really like kind of going back to um, familiar, you know, familiar haunts for you. Yeah, sure. Like so, w- with the lockers, they just have to pull a couple of stickers off, and they'll find mine <laughs> still yeah, on the locker. Yeah, yeah. Underneath in, in the back of the truck, um, you know, I know I know Craig really well. I know the system. Um, he, he runs a tight tight ship. And of course, I'm already on a Yamaha, and we actually both had a lot of similar sponsors, so it was it was really seamless actually. Um, and the few sponsors that I couldn't carry over, uh, they they really understood, and they were pumped about the year we had together. So it was uh, it was a really good one, really good transition. That was going to be a question I had. Um, you sort of answered that. I, I did wonder how sustainable the program you had was going to be moving forward you know it's always good to um i guess you were the underdog coming in as much as you, this year that is as much as you had your pedigree from the past with what went down at honda and and you still riding very well but probably not being the dean ferris that we were used to in those championship years i guess brands manufacturers private sponsors supporting the underdog coming back to do it one last time his way is very different to then the defending champion trying to put together a program. Like that's a completely different dynamic. 
it is actually. So I had, I just had a lot of support from relationships I built over the years, and they could see what I was doing. And um, I come to them and said, "Look, I want to race. I've come I've come back to the party really late, and they were like, dude, 'Dude, we'll help you. No problem.' So everyone just went out on a limb and 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 worked overtime, um, to you know, to do whatever it was to help me. Um, and then of course you win the championship, and you have the option to go to to CDR or something like that and it you know it's it's just a natural progression forward like a lot of these people like probably if I said hey I just want to do the same thing that'll maybe a few of them be like hey dude we're just helping you get back there and we're we're stoked we did it so you know it it was didn't even need to be said you know what I mean it was uh everyone was cool I was cool I was so grateful that everyone helped me um and, and and yeah it was an awesome year being the underdog, but I also like being <laughs> being the the guy up to target on the back as well. So, man, um, yeah, that was epicness, and and you know, I'm stoked to be to be back at CDR and try to go uh, a little bit better again. Yeah, I mean, even in the pits, right? Politically, uh, there there is a political element to racing, manufacturers and teams in the hierarchy, and I guess it's I would assume, you know, it goes without being said that, that the premier team for Yamaha is CDR Yamaha Monster Energy and when you're beating those guys on a privateer Yamaha like it's great for the brand like Yamaha kind of wins either way but I anticipated something like this shuffle coming and I think with Yamaha having a bit of a restructure with the way the teams are going to run next year as well it it fit in um but yeah man it's I don't I think you're right I don't recall like obviously Marmont had his run and left um with CDR Yamaha Coppins like I don't recall any really high-level guys once they left the team or, or any team going back. This is probably a first. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, from from history, when you look, um, like the Marmonts, and that it tends to like people have a good run and, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really hard to get back there. And I definitely showed this year that it is possible to get back to that level and to win again. So yeah, of course when when Craig seen that, I'm sure he, he, he was keen to, to go again with me. Um, and, and that's probably what happened, but yeah, uh, to elaborate a little bit more on what you're saying, cause it wasn't really a question, but yeah, there is a hierarchy, um, in the way that manufacturers set it up and, and CDR being on top with the 450 program. But honestly, like I didn't need to be upsetting the apple cart and trying to do my own thing and compete against them. Um, I actually wanted to join them. So like, like I said earlier, it worked out really good for everyone. Yeah, for sure. It's I guess it's like coming home in a way. Um, have you yeah, ridden? Yeah, definitely. Have you ridden the not the new bike as such, but have you ridden a team bike yet compared to your own? Or I guess you probably wouldn't have had time getting back from the motocross of nations. No, no, I only got back from motocross of nations a week and a half ago, or probably less. Um, yeah, and I, I just rode my bike at MX nations. Um, my parts exactly as I had it the last round, so. No, it's uh, time to have a rest now. The, the CDR guys are doing super cross focused on that, and you know, once all that finishes, we'll um, we'll meet up and start doing a bit of testing and see what parts I'm going to use or not use. Um, Craig, you know, they're they're pretty open to let me just kind of build my own thing with with what they got. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that was probably one of the things I was going to ask as well. It's come up there. You've had a good 12 month or, or more run of building your own program, suspension guys, technicians, um, you know, then you've got to go back to a team environment. 
obviously with your level of experience, you're going to tell the guys exactly what you want out of their package, but you are still on a team that has a set parameter of what you can run. So is that going to be a transition you think you would take some getting used to or not really? Um, you know, when I was negotiating, we had all this conversation and we're all really open in the team. So uh, basically I'll start with what they got and, and, and just go from there and, um, you know, go in the direction I, I want the bike really. Uh, they're going to come to me with knowledge and I'm going to go to them with my knowledge and, and I'm sure we'll get it all dialed. Um, I wasn't sure if this year was a, you know, you, you spoke about it publicly. I think at one point for you, this may have been the final go round where you were coming back to do it on your own terms. Was there a change when you started winning and knew you were going to win or could win the championship? Did, did that light the fire to keep going? Or I know you make decisions quite quickly and it seems that your life and trajectory of things can change quickly with yourself and Renee and the family, but how was that transition mentally? Cause like I said, I felt at one point you were, this was the last go round and you just wanted to do it on your own terms after how it went down with Honda and probably not being the best year. And now it's transitioned into <laughs> re-signing for Dakar and going <laughs> after more championships, you know? No, no, I don't think it was ever really gonna, I never went into the year going, this is my last year at all. Um, I went into the year going, hey, well, I was a privateer. So I was like, cool, if this is working out, sweet. If it's, if it's really not and I'm like too old and I suck, I could probably just pull out at any point. But um, when I got the bike and I got the feeling like first day, I was like, I'm really going to enjoy riding this bike. And then, yeah, it was like, oh, I'll just take it year by year. But it started out, well, the whole year was pretty solid. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going again. Um, yeah, there's no point throughout the year. Even after my shit round at, at Gilman, I, was, I wasn't like, oh, this sucks. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit at the end of this year. I was, I was, I'm like, nah, I'm, go, I'm going again. I take it year by year. Um, but yeah, no, definitely, it definitely wasn't going to be my last year. Yeah, okay, maybe that was just you know word on the street and, and my interpretation of it. But um, yeah, I mean, look, we didn't really get to see you at One Thaggy for obvious reasons. We didn't see anybody in MX One at One Thaggy. But as soon as you were out on the track at uh, Appen for round two it was pretty well known. Everyone was in, in the pits like, yeah, okay, Ferris is back. Like, not like last year, Ferris. This is, you know, 16, 17, 18, Ferris was back. And um, I don't anticipate that changing. Obviously, you're just switching to more resources and more funding and, and a program that you, um, you know, that you are very familiar with. So it's only a win-win for everybody involved as far as I'm concerned, and, and I'm sure everybody outside looking in is. Um I think I've just come up with this question, Dean. I'm going to ask you this. When uh, Supercross was on at Adelaide, um, we were, you know, hanging out out back and, and I talked to Chad for a minute. We, we were chatting in a group and, and Chad Reed that is, said that it's a bit of a concern. You know, it's awesome for Matt Moss that Mossy was riding so well and he was the first Aussie on the podium in Supercross. But he's like, man, these young guys need to pick up their game over here in Australia. And I guess to an extent that's true for yourself because you are the elder sort of veteran and you handed it to all the young guys this year. Do you think it's a sign of the times and the sport evolving that you're 33 can still be at this elite level? Um, do you think the younger guys need to up their game? What, what do you think that's kind of show showing there? I, I think it's a combination, Joe. Um, Cause I remember like Todd and myself, we were in the 450 class as teenagers, like 
battling with Marmont and Coffins and McKenzie um, and Shane Boyd. So I, I do think the young guys need to up their game a little bit. When they hit seniors, they need to like get serious, hit the ground running. Um, don't you know? Don't don't be like I've got to progress into it for years. Like you look at Hayden Deegan, how good he is, man, and he just come out in one year and just did the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I do believe the sport is evolving. So this generation of Todd and myself and, and, and this era, we have changed the game from you're a dinosaur when you're 30 to, hey, man, 30's a number. Like, we're, you know, we're not burnt out. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to make sure our level's still high and, and still try to improve. So both, I would say, um, young guys need up it. And, and also we're, we're just proving that the longevity, um, we, you know, we can sustain this for a lot more years. Than, than the previous generation. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I, I can liken it to myself. I, I personally think the development of the bikes has a lot to do with it. I don't know whether you agree with that, but I feel that the way these 450s are now, it takes, you know, it, what are we now, 2023? Go back to a 2000, maybe not a 2000, 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, you had some carbureted 450 still, but the EFI was very new. I feel like you could ride those bikes a lot harder the frames were a lot more um, or a lot less rigid. There was a lot of, they didn't turn as well. They were more of a lean bike where I feel like nowadays all the manufacturers have gone for this linear power and you turn the front wheel and it's more of a supercross orientated chassis. I, I don't quite know where I'm going with this, but I feel that even for myself, I go to the local practice tracks, like I ride once every two weeks, once a month, but I will look at some of the young fast guys out and they may go by me or, but I sometimes get surprised that I can either hang with them for a bit or I'll do some lines or I'll see the lines that they take. And I'm like, man, that that is an odd thing to do on these bikes. I think experience goes a lot further nowadays with this new era of 450. Yeah. Um, I'm probably not the best guy to ask because I feel like I've come in when the bike started really evolving. Um, you know, you could ask Chad Reed or someone and he'd probably have the answer to what, what you're asking. But I think you're onto something, um, and, and maybe like talking about lines and that. Yes, the bikes are different. We can take different lines, and we're all on like good, good bikes um, that that we can turn and go to those places. And there's a lot more suspension technicians out there now. That a lot of people are, are like realizing you got to set up your bike a lot better. Um, it's like a thing to develop your bike. Where like ten years ago. It was like, oh, yeah, I bought the A-kit stuff, put it in, away we go. We're like, yeah, it's sick, and it's really not, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't really know where I'm going with this either. Yes, I do. I think every aspect of the sport has evolved. It's the bike, um, you know, the training. Uh, there's a lot of coaches out there now that are making it interesting for the riders. Not, you know, yeah, there's just, just everything about it. it it's, it's really cool, and it's really good for the sport, I think. Yeah, I, you know, getting off topic a little bit, but perhaps it's just taking these guys longer to get to that elite level. Um, you look at someone like a Clout who probably did reach that level, um, you know, the start of last year before the injury started coming in. It's just dropped him back. Tanny didn't have the best run this year, but he was probably close to that. It's it's interesting just looking at the, the reasons and, and the, the ebb and flow of the talent pool with the youngsters. But uh, either way, man, you're coming in into 2024 um, – I would say as the favorite and a very close or equal favorite is going to be your teammate of Jed Beaton. So that is also something that 
um, Jed is that younger generation to you. So do you know Jed well? Have you spent a lot of time with him? Uh, no, I, I don't know him well at all. Um, but we spent a little bit of time together in 2016 when he was actually ended up MX2 champ. And, you know, I was going for my first title. He came and rode with me that week heading into the final round. Yep. But other than that, um, not really, no. But, man, yeah, CDR's got a, got a hell of a lineup. They ended up with one, <laughs> the one and two in the championship. So, um, yeah, but, it, you know, um, Craig, Craig's good at, you know, creating a, a good environment for, for winning. And, you know, I expect that Jed will be good too. So we'll, we'll definitely elevate each other, I'm sure of that. Yeah, it was interesting. We put the press release out this morning on Inside Dirt and I saw a comment that made me laugh. It said, if you can't beat him, sign him. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's pretty much what's happened this year. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Beaton and yourself, you guys are pretty similar, I feel. Like Jed is very under the radar, just does the work. You know, he's fit, he's fast. He's got a good program with Ross. Um, I think he's a little more outgoing away from the track and he has a, has a bit more of a laugh. I know you're the same. You're very serious at the track. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how that dynamic's going to work in the truck where you guys just may not even speak to each other on race day because you guys are so focused or if it might be a bit more jovial. It's, it's interesting to see how the characters mix. I don't know. Call, call me halfway through through next year and I'll tell you how the vibe's in the, tra- in the truck <laughs> yeah. then. I'll tell you, like, yeah, no, we, 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 we talk about jokes and stuff or nah, we don't, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but no, Craig's good at making sure the environment's really good. So um, even even in the past when I was there, I had some teammates that were like not – probably polar opposite of myself and, and somehow Craig made it work. You know what I mean? So um, – and like you said, Jed and I are kind of similar. So, yeah, I'm sure it would be like Serious Sam on race day in, in CDR trucks because we're both like – we're at it. It's our office. Um, don't annoy us. We're going to go racing. So – yeah, it's, uh, again, it's, I mean, yeah, hell of a team lineup, that's for sure. So switching gears, Dean, I appreciate you taking the time just to have a quick chat. And um, whilst I've got you, it would, it would be remiss to not ask you about Motocross of Nations. Um, I saw you out at QMP, I think, a week or two before you guys flew out. You are out there with Mike Ward doing some testing. And I'll be honest, man, that's probably one of the fastest time like i've seen you race a lot of times over the years but i don't know if i've ever seen you look that good on the bike and i think maybe because i was riding the track that day and i'd cut it in for you and i put all the fast lines in but yeah it, it probably was it probably all those was. lines you put in it was, but no we no weren't. no i was um i was definitely feeling good on the practice track um head before before heading over um i can't say that translated great when i got there i don't think i rode my best um and also, my fitness was probably down a little bit, at, at, you know, to where it was at the end of the championship because I was riding tracks and I was doing a fair bit, but it, the, admittedly, the tracks were pretty smooth. Um, well, that's I what I said to you at QMP, right? I'm like, man, like, first of all, I was like, what are you doing? Not What are you doing here? But then I was like, well, it's probably the only place that's got some some elevation. Um, yeah, it was more, I was just trying to chase the moisture, man, because it hasn't rained here since, like, since August, you know what I mean? So... Usually I'd go like really rough sand track or something to get some um, conditioning, but when it gets so dry, that, that kind of becomes pointless and a little bit dangerous. So I was like, I was just traveling around looking for a bit of moisture, trying to get a bit of traction so I could push a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, I feel like my form, yeah, form was good going there. Um, 
Yeah, it was uh, a little bit overwhelming. The event was massive. Um, it in, looked you know, like one of the biggest ones. I mean, I've been to a I few of them over the years, and that rec- looked massive. That was the word on the street there, man. Everyone's like, this is the biggest nations we've ever seen. Um, and it, yeah, and, and then also the level of competition like worldwide now is just huge. Like, the, you know, all, all the countries have such good GP riders. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was stacked, dude. It was a lot of talent. Um, you know, the weather was warm. It was tough. The track was tough. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I didn't feel like I rode good in that first moto and I scored a 12. Like, I pumped up like a bitch. <laughs> like, made heaps of mistakes. I even stalled it. Um, and I got a 12th. And actually, that was the moto we had. We ended up scoring. Um, and, and then, uh, yeah, Jet and Hunter rode good. Um, even if I rode my best and pulled off like a fifth or a sixth, it wouldn't have changed the overall because France were just so damn good. Um, they, they, they had a total score of 14 and we had like 34, the second second in the nation. So, yeah, uh, if I get the chance again, I'll definitely make sure I'm in better form. Um, I'd, I'd love to go again and, and, and with those two, maybe, you know, if I'm in good form, we'll go with those two. And, man, it'd be, it'd be unreal to, to win a nation before I hang up the boots. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll be honest, man. I felt that you had the worst job the motocross nations this year i didn't say anything when we were chatting the other day because obviously you know you were testing and i didn't want to be vocal about it but i'm like man if whoever was the teammate to the lawrence brothers instantly that was a big task because i felt like if you know if jed or hunter had an issue it it likely wasn't going to be that they rode to a lower level there would have been a first turn crash or they crashed out or, or a mechanical right but Typically, those guys were going to be competitive and, and set. And not that you weren't going to be competitive, but really they were going to do their job. And I felt like the one moto you're talking about to contribute to the, the score was what was going to depend Australia's fate was really you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, people were pointing that out. But I was like, uh, you can look at it like that or you can look at it like, dude, you know, I'm a part of possibly the greatest team we're ever going to have. Um that's the way I looked at it. I'm like, it's an opportunity. Um, I'm riding with two superstars, dude. I'll just do the best I can because I got chosen. Um, I was the third best pick, so that's the way I looked at it. And um, you know, even though I rode not great, I still feel like it was okay result. Um, but yeah, like I said, if I get the chance to do it again, I'll I've, I'll learn a lot, and I'm like, I'll do it a little different. I'll make sure I'm like coming in tippy top, prepped up. And, um, you know, if those two on 450s, like, run one and two and I could bang in, like, a, a, a solid top seven in a couple of motos or top six or, like, look, I've done a fourth and a fifth before. If we did that, we'd be, like, we'd be pretty close to winning things. So I mean, look, um, it's, uh, it's Madeley Basin next year. Obviously, the French advantage probably not going to be so strong there. Um, I mean, I could see us running the same team again with the, you know, with those two and... Well, I guess they're both on 450s next year, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'd put my hand up right at 250 for sure. Uh, the Yamaha Europe, you know, 250 team has a really competitive bike. Um, yeah, seeing so you I on don't a 250. Myself. Nathan's, Nathan's is, a, is 11 months away, man, but I would ride a 250. I, I definitely um, know how to. And if it's, I could get my hands on like the best 250 and, and, and prepped up and made sure I went there and rode it for like a month, I'd. I definitely, um, I definitely put my hand up and say I'm like I'm more ready than I was next year. Let's just go for this fucking thing. So, 
I mean, look, man, it, first of all, it's the off-season, so it's fun to bench race. Um, oh, for sure, dude. I'll, and, I'll, I'll talk this stuff all day long. <laughs> and second of all, man, this is what I actually – because, you know, I'm three years older than you, right? But um, you remember – the the you know the OG like the the nineties and the early two thousand motocross nations like a lot of the four fifty guys or five hundred guys would drop down onto one twenty fives and they would just make this team work and it would be so cool to see someone like you ride a two fifty for example because no one does that anymore you know everyone's so set on what they ride and I get it the sports changed the teams have changed like the support has changed where it's it's not like you're stripping down a two-stroke and putting in a suitcase like you got to send or rent or whatever like a very expensive bike um but yeah man just bench raising will be hella fun to see you drop onto a 250 and ring the neck of the thing you know yeah yeah nah i'd do it i'd do it so uh we'll see um hopefully i can live up to my word uh, hopefully um you know get a chance to do it again and yeah uh or I could just pull out my old 13 model carbureted three speed um, Dixon Yamaha. Yeah, I was going to say, do you still have that Dixon and, bike? Because that's the one that whole shot in Germany, no, wasn't it? Oh, uh, it. I know it exists. Uh, Dixon's got it. So, uh, Dixon's got it. He kept that thing because, well, why wouldn't you? It's it's the last ever carbureted model, and it whole shot the nation. Like, and it was a 250, and it was like a, a work of art. Um, so yeah. But how's this for bench racing? Pull that thing out, pull some whole shots, get a result, get a result on that thing. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be all time, man. That would be all time. Um, all right, I'll ask you one more question, and I'll let you go, mate, because I know it's off season, but you probably want to spend some time with the fam. Um, so Supercross, I know you don't haven't raced Supercross for a long time. First question: Do you get the itch to go race Supercross when you see it over here? Um, and then second of all, what did you think of the racing at Adelaide? Uh, so firstly, no, I don't get an itch to go, to go ride it. Um, even when I was doing pretty good at it in the CDR days, it was like, it was not really my passion. Honestly, motocross is my passion through and through. Supercross was something that I kind of just had to do. Um, although like when I, in 16, I did really well, I kind of got into it because I was like, oh, sick, I'm doing awesome. Um, and I got second in the championship, but I'm still still not that into it so much so that I want to even go practice it. Um, I went out and watched Jace Cosford the other week at his track, and I was like, cool. Um, I'm enjoying watching this, but I, I don't really want to be hitting those whoops um, that fast, dude. So, yeah, you're doing good. Um, and secondly, um, I haven't got through all of the Adelaide yet. I watched all the heat races when I was jet lagged here one night. Um yeah, I mean, the track looked, obviously it was small, but it looked tacky. The racing was pretty good in the heat races. But, um, dude, just to have any Supercross event going in Australia and getting a crowd there is, um, is a good deal. You know what I mean? So, ho- hopefully hopefully it was. Um, uh, you would know more about that, to be honest. You were there. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll say the same to you that I said to everybody, right? Like, if you, if you weren't at the event, um, yeah, it was a small track. Um, but from the industry side, from the sustainability side, from AME trying to grow a viable business model, um, they sold enough tickets to make it um, pay for itself. They probably turned a small profit. The show itself, the production value was really good. Everyone in everyone in the audience would go back next year, which is what you want to, to grow a brand and a championship. Um, you know, if you're a writer or a team, yeah, the track probably wasn't ideal, but 
you know, we go to Newcastle next, we go to Melbourne, they're full-size tracks. Like, it's just something I think people need to to really suck it up and be enthusiastic about in the short term that, that the championship is going to be sustainable oh, and grow. Oh, for sure, dude. You know? And that's what it's about. Like, when you look back at when Supercross was successful in Australia, I guess there was a lot of indoors, like a lot of little tight tracks and then putting on a good show. So if, dude, if they have to do that once or twice a year and, and we got a Supercross championship, I think I'm all for it. Yeah, for sure, mate. All right, Dean. Well, hey, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out to chat with us here. And um, we will see you on a CDI Yamaha Monster Energy bike in 2024, mate. Um, and yeah, the the preseason yeah. grind kicks off soon, I guess. Yep, yeah. We've got another week or two just hanging out. And then, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, another 10, 11 month grind. So, um, yeah, no, thanks for the call, Joe. Um, and yeah. Hopefully we'll chat through the year and we can do more bench racing and, and see what's up. <laughs> well, look, man, I'm moving to the sunny coast in a couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, like I said, if you need a training partner, someone chase you around, I'm here. Just give me a call, all right? Yeah, dude, I would love for you to come put in those lines like you did at, uh, <laughs> at QMP. That was mega. <laughs> no, I, I actually the other day at QMP, I was doing a quote-unquote moto when I seen you pull on and I was like, fuck, I'd rather just watch you ride than get blown by. <laughs> <laughs> I was just chatting to Wardy watching watching the lap times. But um, no, mate, hey, appreciate the chat and uh, look, let's catch up soon. Yeah. All right, mate. All right. Catch up. Bye. Thanks, bye.